<laughs> and the Wendy's parking lot on the Carlisle Pike in Harrisburg. <laughs> Greetings, everybody. If I can, I will send you my setup. I had a meeting and I hear that we have, oh, I have to turn this down. Sorry, ladies. I'm hearing some reverb. Are you hearing this? There. Sorry, speakers uh, had been on, on my laptop. I, I will, if I can, send you a picture of the uh, setup that uh, <laughs> that we're broadcasting from today. <laughs> and not the fun kind. <laughs> That's right. I know. Well, speaking of things happening, Pam, before we dig into some announcements, I'm wishing you the best on your recovery from your injury. I don't know if anybody saw uh, Pam's picture on Twitter, but she is now officially in the boot, so to speak. Oh, no. Oh, good. Okay. Well, we know that you can't hear Pam, um, but she is trying to fix it right now. Hi, Lorraine. Hi, Betty. Hi, Karen. So um, glad you were able to join us. Hoping that uh, Pam will be able to come on. I think we got it now. <laughs> Can you hear Pam, ladies? I am here. Hear me roar. <laughs> I love it. So, yes. So, anyhow, so you were you were saying? Yes, I was saying that um, I'm broadcasting live from the parking lot of Wendy's. I had a meeting. I had to do a presentation, and I was afraid I would be cutting it too close to getting back to the house. So, I set up shop in my car at Wendy's and, at Wendy's and Pam is uh, I was wishing Pam much uh, quick recovery because she now has an injury um, mm. she's in <laughs> well, just I, said, I, I, I was told Pam Baker for kicking ass like Acacia I wasn't kicking ass unfortunately I wasn't kicking anybody's ass all I did was <laughs> literally I was sitting on my bed. I went to get up, and both feet were on the ground at the same time. And I felt, heard this pop and this pain, shooting pain, through my foot. And I was like, "Oh God!" And I had some things that I had to do yesterday morning, so I'm walking around like that. And then when I got back, I finally said, "I have to go to the urgent care," which is what I did. That's when I got the boot. And I just have to follow up with an orthopedist and see how long. I'm going to be in this godforsaken thing because it's heavy and it's hot. Well, of course, now's when it turns to be 85 degrees in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Betty he wants to know what you were doing with Nicholas, Pam. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I have a feeling, Betty, that she has, uh, that might be another chapter for uh, Pam's book that I keep saying she has to write. <laughs> so that'll be fiction. That'll be a fiction. 
<laughs> That'll be pure fiction. Pure fiction. Pure fiction. Lorraine says that sucks. So sorry. And Karen <laughs> says yes, it sucks. I understand. Well, Karen said told me yesterday she was in one of these boots for a year. So. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can't wait. It's to really tough. Out. This is why Pam. We got to get you to lift that foot up, elevate it, all uh -huh. the good stuff. Yeah. Uh -huh. After I take <laughs> it off to go run to the grocery store after the podcast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. What can I tell you? I so, wish I was close enough to help you. Well, I have someone that's asleep that could help me that I'm going to be slapping around later on, too. But that's well, another story. I might have to uh, call him. But anyway. <laughs> Hi, Tiara. Good to see you. Hi, Tiara. So, um, I've got a couple of announcements here. Gabriel Series will be back this Sunday. Yay. <laughs> at 5 Doing part one of chapter three of Gabriel's uh, Redemption. Yay, Betty. Um, I've been looking forward to, to see when Trilogia de Gabrielle was going to be on. I know they're usually uh, come on line Saturdays at 3 p.m. I didn't see anything in their Twitter feed, so keep an eye out. Um, Noites and Florencia are hoping to come back sometime this month, so keep a watch out for them. I know that... Uh, um, Samia has her brother visiting, so she's it's very exciting. I'm happy for her. Oh, uh, that's wonderful! Uh, yeah, I haven't yeah. been on Twitter much. I haven't been on social media much, so I'm sorry, everybody. I've been, I was in a writing cave myself this past weekend, and then I've kind of continued to be in the, the writing and project cave. So, I'm sorry if I've missed news and hugs to you all. Well, we, I understand you've been you've been, you you're, you're going to be going away, <laughs> taking a nice vacation fairly soon. Yes, so, yes, I am. So I'm going to see my daughter. I can't wait. In fact, Pam, it's next yes, week. I know. Up in the way, up in the air, Junior Birdman, you'll be going. <laughs> I know. I can't believe it. Next Thursday. Next Thursday is my flight. Exciting! Very exciting. It's very exciting. <laughs> So, uh, we also uh, know Betty, that... Betty was just saying that chapter three of the Gabriel's redemption is taking a while. She thinks Gabriel's trying to avoid World War Three. I would hope so. <laughs> I think yeah. we're all trying to avoid World War Three. <laughs> yeah, after, after reading uh, ch ch chapter three, I was, I'm like, God, he's got his foot out the door, and and she's got a foot almost touching his behind. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> hey, he he's uh, learning some of the joys of the joys of marriage, right? That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> Betty, I wish Nicholas was going to be taking me there, but alas, I'm flying. Let's see, I'm flying United, so not not quite the same as Nicholas's <laughs> private jet. But I'll take I'm, it. I'm excited. I'm, it <laughs> when you say that, it reminds me of a cartoon I used to see on the back of comic books when I was a, 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 like 13, 14 years old with two ducks flying. <laughs> I'm bad. I'm sorry. You're hilarious. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is too funny. <laughs> well, you know, what can I tell you? Things that flash into my head are, are, are pretty scary sometimes. <laughs> so, so we also know that SR is in the writing cave. And he, he yes. 
peaked out a little bit over the weekend, but I think he's back in there again. So uh, keep an eye out for him as well. But he is he is working on um, the novella for Gabriel Four, which is very exciting. So exciting. Mm-hmm. And yes, I know Lorraine says yes. I agree, Lorraine. Yes, yeah. stay in that writing cave, Sar. Get it done. Get it done. <laughs> Can't wait. And he's also working on some announcements. He says there's some great news for the international readers of The Man in the Black Suit and the Florentine series. He said more than one language group will be very happy with this. So that's very, that's exciting. So keep a, so keep a look out for that and make sure you're signed up on SR's Fox Den and into his first newsletter at sylvainreynard.com most definitely yes so because good news is coming mm-hmm. and there's no news like good news so i agree I'm, I'm excited for that i'm excited for that i am too mm-hmm. so shall we begin chapter 12 we should we should <laughs> lorraine lorraine you're making me laugh here. she said stalk him from everywhere yeah uh, Na- nancy kane is the best at stalking him She's always posting the Dolores Claiborne memes. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I want to say. Shout out to uh, Morgan Locklear. It's his birthday today. So happy birthday, Mom. Happy birthday, Morgan. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. We should have tried to get him on the podcast for a celebratory. We could have sung happy birthday to him. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he's having a lovely day. I hope so too. So that's wonderful. Yes. Well, well, we'll send him birthday wishes. That's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have chapter 12. Chapter 12. You know, I like this chapter a lot because it establishes the friendship between Kate and Acacia. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit of a girl power, a little bit of support supporting each other when you're down and I mm-hmm. I just like that I think it um, it demonstrates a, a good solid friendship and I really enjoy that yes, um, definitely I, I like the way he's I really like the way SR wrote the chapter and, and, and I, like, it, I like their interaction quite a bit I do too and it also kind of breaks up a little bit of the drama between Luke and the hotel which I right. like also because sometimes mm-hmm. Sometimes you do need to get a break from all that. Right. And what better way to get a break than walking around in Paris, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the, the chapter starts with Kate and Acacia walking in the City of Light. And uh, Kate says, I agree. This is the best bridge in Paris. She was referring, of course, to the Pont des Arts and which is also known as the Love Locks Bridge. I think many people are familiar with this, and I know Pam tweeted out a picture of uh, this famous bridge with all of the locks um, that many, many people go to. And uh, it's one of the landmarks of Paris, even though now they are encouraging you not to do that. And I think, it not it even illegal now? Um, I, I, I think it might. There might be some issues there, but I know that they've been taking a lot of them down because the weight of the locks on the bridge were causing problems with the bridges. Right, and and fun fact, a little side note: if you're ever in Pittsburgh, 
Karen, I, I know that's near your territory, and I'm forgetting which bridge it was. But I was walking along some of the bridges of Pittsburgh when I was there for work, and there are there is a bridge there where people are starting to put locks on the bridge. So, just well, a fun fact: if you're ever in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, go look for the the homage to the Pont des Arts bridge in Paris. Or if you're in Florence, in the middle of the Ponte Vecchio, they've got um, uh, an opening in the center uh, of the uh, bridge, and they've got locks going on there too. It's um, it's it's really one of the uh, hallmarks. The lovers would put their lock on the bridge, and um, it's something that it, doesn't it indicate that they'll be returning with that person to Paris. I think is the way the I, I think the, that's supposed to the, the story goes. Um, it, it's it's quite romantic and it's quite um, quite a quite a tourist attraction now at this point. And as uh, they're Acacia, also starting to move. I'm sorry, they're start, starting oh. to move them a little bit over to the Pont de Neuf too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I knew that they were moving them because of the structural integrity, but there was a problem with it. So, mm -hmm. so you know, if, if, when Acacia and Kate are walking around and as much as they love this spot, because it's quite a beautiful spot, um, Acacia points out that it's too crowded. And Kate says, just ignore the crowds, ignore the locks and court and the tourists. Just look at the boats, um, even though some of them had to turn around because the river was still too high. Really, the issue was just watching that beautiful river. Watch how the sun flows. And it is gorgeous to watch. Yes. And I think that's a, I think that's a really, you know, it's a moving, peaceful, any, anywhere, any chance you have to be near water, it's very soothing. And there's even studies about um, how being near bodies of water is a stress relief. And I think that's something that um, holds true. It's not just for the oceans, it's for, for lakes, it's for rivers. Um, so it's, it's, some um, it's, it's actually, I, I actually read that in a psychology today, a couple of years ago. Um, and Karen was saying the Smith, Smithfield street bridge or the hot metal bridge. Um, as she says, Pittsburgh is the city of bridges and Betty says very sweet and romantic. Yes, I agree with both. Um, and a beautiful place to be. So Acacia has noticed that Kate's a little bit down and she asks why so melancholy and so Kate says she's homesick for Boston she can't go home and she has to haunt the library to work on her research paper and I have to say I thought the timing of us this chapter is very um, is, is very good because this is the time in this academic year that most colleges are in their last weeks of class or finals so reading, reading this chapter again, having her research her thesis as, uh, as my daughter is working on her final assignments for the semester, I, I really could feel for Kate because you, you are in kind of a pressure cooker when you're at the end of the semester. And Betty says she felt like she was there with Acacia and Kate. And I, I agree. Um, I know we say it all the time, but the way SR writes, he really does help to transport you to this location. 
uh, yes. or to where whatever scene he's writing about. It's it's quite lovely. Yes, it's, you you can you can really visualize whatever he writes in your head, which is which is really cool. You know, I yes. like the way that he writes that. I do also, too. I want to say hi to Kez. Kez can't get into the chat room, but she is listening. So hi, Kez. Oh, hi, Kez. Sorry you can't get into chat, but I'm happy that you get to hear us talk about Chapter 12 and our journey around Paris with Kate and Acacia. Um, and and they're talking right now about Kate's, uh, you know, Kate's challenges. She's feeling a little down. Um, she doesn't have uh, much money right now. Acacia says she could always go home at Christmas. And, um, you know, it's she makes the comment that Brazil's not what quite what she remembers. Even then, um, Recife doesn't feel like home anymore. She gets homesick for Brazil, but every time she goes back, it's not really like she remembers it. And Kate tells her it's the same with Boston. Um, and I can, I can appreciate that. Oh yeah. Um, just even, you know, when I lived abroad for my semester abroad for about five or six months coming home, it's, it's always a bit of a readjustment and it's not quite the same as you left it. True. And I mean, part I, of it is your perspective, I think. Like um, I can, but, but everything's I can, evolving. I can vouch for that. Um, I, cause I moved out of mm -hmm. Philadelphia when I was 23, 24 years old, somewhere in there when I moved to New York and I moved back to, to Philadelphia in 2010. So there was like 30 some years there that I, you know, I would come visit holidays and, and visit with my mom and stuff like that. But it just every time you come back, it was just basically at my sister's and maybe going shopping or a store or something. And then when I moved back, it's like, well, these different places that I grew up around are not there anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, I look at St. Joe's University. When I was there, it was only lived here. It was a college. It wasn't a university at that point. And the campus was nowhere near as big as it is. And the same goes with Villanova University. They've taken over, I think, all parts of Lancaster Avenue from Bryn Mawr down, to Villano down through Villanova into St. David's, which is a long stretch of road. And it's all these huge buildings that they're building. So it's, it, a lot of it's changed. Even my high school that I went to, and the high school I went to, I was in the fourth graduating class. So, so did, we were the first class to go through all four years at that particular school. Mm. And, you know, they, they changed the roads around there. The, across the street from the school were all these empty fields, and now they're all office buildings. And they actually have a football, <laughs> a football stadium now on the campus which we oh, didn't wow. have when I was there. And we had football teams, but we didn't play on our school property. We played at a neighboring school or at Villanova, whichever one didn't have a home game. That and makes sense. I mean, I, I can only imagine how much it evolved and changed. And it is kind of like you miss that you miss your home, mm -hmm. but you can't go home because it's not always, it's not always the same. Um, the people are what you typically will miss, though. And, and uh, Kate says she misses her mother um, and wants to be there with her. Karen said that she f 
feels like she's there as a bystander. And um, Betty notes that the world is always changing, and that is true. That is very uh, true. Also, Karen and Betty are wishing um, and saying hello to Kez. So, um, Kez, if you're listening, everybody says hi. <laughs> so, Kate, you know, ch- changes direction and asks Akasia about her job search and how it's going. And Akasia is a bit frustrated because it's not going well. She sent um, some applications out and has been rejected for two concierge jobs. And Kate wonders why. And Acacia told her it was probably because she had not been at the Victoire very long. And possibly that the manager is blackballing her, which I would not be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at either. The way he is, um, he's so negative about her role. And Kate said, if he wouldn't, if he wanted to get rid of you, wouldn't he help you get another job? <laughs> and she says, no offense. Um, which I actually, I have to laugh because I have heard those conversations in workplaces before where someone in management is having a challenging time with an employee. And instead of mm-hmm. trying to work with them to get uh, the performance corrected, They'll just try and shift them out to another manager. And that's the truth. (laughs) And that's um, not always the best practice all the way around. Sometimes there's not a right fit between the employee and the, and the job. And that, in that case, it makes sense, but it's, you know, it's, it's not the, I don't want to have to deal with someone who's not performing. Um, and Karen um, noted the fact that um, in terms of things changing, the little college he attended is now a university. Yes. I, um, I went to Penn State, which has not been a little university for quite some time, but I graduated from what was at the time the School of Communications, and now it's known as the College of Communications. So even my subdivision of the university has grown in the time that since I've been there, um, always changing. And and Betty then says she agrees with Kate about mm. about how uh, you know he should be yeah. helping her get a job. Well, Kate was trying to tell Kate it was going to be all right to do this, and she answered the question about the night shift. She said that because uh, she had been working nights for like two weeks and. She just hadn't been able to adjust to the sleeping during the day, which is, <laughs> can be tough. My uncle did it for 40 years, and, and I don't know how he did it, but... Oh, yeah. You know, and, but it's getting, you know, just the whole, all the kinds of changes that were going on, and that, you know, being a concierge at night was a lot different than being a concierge during the day. Well, and she, well, yeah, well, she hadn't been, like, the boss, or, or had she was still part of the day shift and had always worked the day shift and there was always you know when it got really busy there were a group of them that could all work together um but during during the nighttime they were not and they were getting some rather exotic requests and she told she told kate that um the requests were not for tickets for the moulin rouge or a crazy horse in paris now <laughs> 
Well, and oh, go go ahead. The original Moulin Rouge started. You know that that became big. It was run by. Um, uh, in, it started and opened in 1889, and it was opened by the courtesans, some, and it would op- operate at the site. And it was a great place for seduction, Toulouse Lautrec. I mean, you've seen some of his paintings or prints of the Moulin Rouge, and he, you know, a lot of artists hung out there. It was mostly a men's place. And yeah. the Can Can. It's very famous because it was the original place for the Can Can. And uh, that the original building burnt down in 1915, and the building that there that's there now was the replacement. And to me, it sort of looks like more of a tourist trap than anything else today. But that's just me. I I try to avoid those touristy yeah. track places when I can. Yes. And the crazy horse, <laughs> Dupere. <laughs> um, that's a little bit different. That place has uh, all ma- uh, female, nude female dancers, and there's a range of magic and turns throughout the entire place uh, between the nude shows. Although in mainstream, uh, they've done movies there, and Beyonce did her video uh, partition film there part of it was filmed there which i thought was very interesting and and reading in the chat room you know karen was commenting on how uh acacia's job search was going and she said yes she thinks the manager is absolutely blackballing her and he's hoping she's deported because he keeps throwing it in her face that she needs to secure employment yes because he is he's a nasty he's a nasty one betty agrees that he's terrible and she feels bad for acacia and in terms of the, the request, uh, he said she has a feeling they would be X-rated. Yeah. And he thought of the film when she, when she read Moulin Rouge. So did I. I just yeah, I I love that. Love that. But I also, film. I, but I'm I'm showing my age now. There was a uh, movie called Can Can that was made with Shirley MacLaine, Frank Sinatra. Oh yeah. And uh, I think Louis Jordan. And I saw Perez. that. I. That was fun. Yes, I remember the first time I saw that and thought the dance was just so much fun. I think I was about seven years old. <laughs> and I was at a friend's house teaching them how to do the can-can, which I didn't know how to do either. But hey, you know. So, I think uh, as far as exotic <laughs> requests, so yeah, I can just imagine what they would be. And uh, I'm not, I don't... To be honest with you, I didn't look up, and I don't know if prostitution is legal in France or not. I know in some areas there were red light districts in different countries. Right. But, uh, I'm sure that there were more than one or two courtesans that came to um, came through. I, I I'm sure I'm or I'm sure that was some of the uh, requests that Acacia may have been asked about, and I'm sure she very delicately. She very delicately handled it in the best way possible. I know. Oh, uh, no, I don't know that. Sorry. Goodbye. (laughs) Karen loves that movie, Uh, too, she said. So, um, anyway, so she'd been doing this for like two weeks. And again, she was having a lot of trouble adjusting to uh, sleeping. And she's beginning to feel like a vampire. And uh, 
Kate wanted to know if there was such a thing as Brazilian vampires. <laughs> and uh, uh, Cassia says that some of the most dangerous vampires are Brazilian. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking of maybe William had a rival there. <laughs> but you know, you know what? I, you know what's funny? I was uh, in the book. He spells vampires the with the P I R E. Yes. Where in yes. the Florentine series it has the Y. I thought that was very interesting. So anyway, so Kate is hoping yeah, that. Yeah, too. But I also think it might be an odd to. Oh, go ahead. No, go. You go ahead. Oh, I was just thinking um, with the spelling. I thought maybe it was a nod to the fact that he was, um, you know, in the uh, an earlier time and reflecting the old English. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything's possible. Anything that's that, true. That could be. That could be, because I think he mentioned something like that in the book or in an interview somewhere. But, so uh, so that was uh, what Akasi was going through. And, uh, you know, she was, <laughs> she was like, what are you going to do next? I well, know. I, I'm Raven just laughing at Betty. Be. Betty just wrote, maybe Willie and Raven are on a holiday in Brazil. She said Brazilian <laughs> vampires made her laugh. <laughs> oh my lord no. now that would be a story that would be a great story well all the stories added to the list added to the list you know all the stories seem to have touch all the other characters yes. for example you know like gabriel and 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 william and and all they sort of have this little thing going and then in the florentine series Again, they start with the stolen art pieces or the man, the manuscript illustrations that yes. were sold mm-hmm. by Nicholas's family, which we'll find out at a, at a little bit later on. But, you know, so, I mean, every the characters all seem to touch one another. So it would be fun to see them all get together at least once. That would be. It would still be. say Raven and, and uh, Julie. That's I think, you know what, maybe, maybe SR is writing about that right now as we could speak. Be. Could be. So we're heading into, uh, as, as they continue their conversation, um, and Akasia was really hoping she wouldn't be fired. Um, Kate actually thought it was illegal to fire someone in France. And she... Um, you know, Acacia responded that it can happen if it's legal. In her, her case, of if the manager fires her, he knows that her work permit was uh, based on her job. So she would have to get another job in order to get another permit. And it really puts her at a disadvantage because it really has her citizen or her residency in jeopardy. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm laughing at Betty. <laughs> Betty just. <laughs> Betty's like maybe they could all get. Or Karen is saying maybe they could all get together and have a run in Brazil or Greece. And uh, <laughs> Betty's like, maybe they could all come to my wedding with Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and Lorraine was saying how much she loved how they are all connected to each other, and she didn't think William and Gabriel would get along. <laughs> Laugh out loud, but Raven and Julia would be good friends. I agree. I and so. I think we should all come to Betty's wedding with Paul. I think uh, that's exactly, good. exactly. <laughs> Karen will make the wedding cake. <laughs> there you go. I love it. 
I love it. See, Betty, you're halfway there. <laughs> you got the you got the cake and you got the man. You just need the dress and you're there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Acacia reminded Kate that her permit started with her visa. With a, uh, her work work permit actually originated as the student visa, and you know when she started her job at Le Meridien Etoile, it was on a student visa and they applied for her work permit as she graduated. And, you know, it's her career just went from there. So she was offered the job um, directly to go to the Victoire and it was modified just to be accepted as a new place for her to work. So, um, she's always been a legal immigrant and uh, she's never been between jobs. So uh, she wants to keep that residency um, intact. Now, Kate suggested um, that her brother's a lawyer in Boston and she'd be happy to call him to help. Um, but Acacia thinks she might be deported before anything would be able to happen in that time frame. And Monsieur Roy, um, was looking to get rid of her and he has it out for her. Um, and she, Kate had asked if the personnel office would intervene and Acacia said, she's just the night concierge. Not everyone is sympathetic to the plight of immigrants. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this in the prior chapter. Um, and the point that SR had made in the book was that, you know, we really are all immigrants or descendants from immigrants. Um, and, you know, as, as Kate really um, points out, people act as if contemporary nation states were handed down from heaven with borders intact. Um, and she, she, she was, you know, really adamant about hope, hoping and trying to help her friend and she was saying, what about switching back to a student visa, um, going to the Sorbonne? And Acacia said she, if she did that, she thinks she'd actually have to go back to Brazil while she applied. And then she'd have to give up her apartment. And she loves that apartment. And uh, <laughs> then, I love this line. It cracks me up. What about the hot BRB agent who's been dropping by? Can he help? <laughs> and then Acacia tells Kate, he's my ex. Can you imagine? I want to see that that's on the big screen. I want to see that scene. I think it'll be so funny to see Kate's reaction. Yeah, Kate got the mouth drop open. What? Exactly. What? <laughs> and Karen said that was one of my favorite passages in the book. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and so you know she can't, uh, she can't believe the level of hotness. <laughs> oh my gosh! I know, I love that. Why are you exes? It's Why you? <laughs> and no, he, and yes, he's hot, but he's a BRB agent. <laughs> oh my gosh! So yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> Her, so her responses just make me laugh so hard. Uh -huh. they're, they're rather dry, <laughs> you know. And Betty says her face would be a Kodak moment. That is for absolutely, sure. Absolutely, absolutely. 
and uh, she when when asked why they weren't dating anymore so what happened she said that kate acacia told kate that they had started dating at the sorbonne and when they were students and uh you know she said that she didn't really want to date a police officer because it was very difficult and kate said she wouldn't want to date one but hey you know it's <laughs> the hotness level and listen i can attest i dated an undercover detective for a little over a year and it's not an easy gig not an easy time and you really have to be trusting understanding and committed in order to deal with that uh, and the hours alone i think would be difficult yeah yeah they were and i mean it's not like a, it's not like a cop that's on the beat or anything like that it's completely different Right. Because there were certain times when they, they you know, they're, I, I know that Jerry had gotten involved in to some of the uh, gangster cases in Brooklyn, New York. And oh, so gosh, he was, you know, the, his hours and his he, his calls and everything were completely different. So it was so it is it's different. And uh, been there, done that, bought the, sent the postcard, bought the T-shirt. Now I'm back again. Um, you just need to write the book. Uh, no. That's another chapter for your book. <laughs> the time when he worked. That's, he worked, that's, he that's actually, what it can be called. The time when it's memoirs, worked, memoirs of a Philly he girl. Worked for the district attorney in White Plains, New York, by the name of Carl Vergari, and he was the district attorney before Janine Pirro, who now who's now oh, on well. Fox TV. Yeah. So, anyway, so she's you know. <laughs> So, um, yes, yeah, she was saying, saying it would be different. And uh, Kate is like, there is a story there. It needs chocolate and wine. <laughs> so she asked, <laughs> sort of like my book, chapter in my book. So uh, she asked what, what the cop's name was. And she, and Cassius says, Luke. And, and he says, well, since he's your ex, well, and I love this one. Well, <laughs> pull out, dub him. Agent, what a shame. <laughs> I love that too. I love that, and uh, because the level of hotness should be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I I just think that's the best. Oh, and yeah. Betty says Tam's book keeps getting better. I agree, Betty. <laughs> I agree. I I bet we can find a, an agent. What a shame! In in Pam's past, that's what the <laughs> we can we can dub him. Well, there is one that I one undercover agent I met at a no nukes rally. I love it at Indian Point, New York. Oh my god! We, you know, <laughs> I was up there. We started talking, and then I don't know. A couple of weeks later, I'm in a bar in White Plains, the single wing. It was on Westchester Avenue. It's not there anymore. <laughs> and who comes walking in but the guy that I, I love met it. at the rally? And turns out he too was an undercover cop for the district attorney of. Oh my God! So when SR says when SR says he'll send bail money, then we know (laughs) we know why. (laughs) And and Betty was saying that she likes Kate's nickname. She's my kind of girl. Uh, Yep. (laughs) And she asked you if you ever met a Nicholas. Nicholas. Never met Nicholas. Mm. So anyway. Yeah. So. Uh, Cassia says, you know, I'll introduce you. And uh, she's like, no, you're my friend. 
-hmm. and she grabs a few coins that she has in her hand and she blows on them and she tosses them into the river which according to Cassia she could get arrested for and uh, she says but because you're not supposed to throw things into the river which is true for most most places right right but and she said no one noticed if someone said something we're tourists and none of us neither of us speak French <laughs> so and or perhaps we could call agent what a shame to bail us out <laughs> I think Kate just wants to see him again personally <laughs> uh -huh. well, I think we should nickname uh, SR agent what a shame <laughs> since he's good at bailing people out <laughs> author author what a shame right yes yes <laughs> Um, she said she just made a wish and, and hopefully the river would help out. And she's saying, well, you know, you think of the Trevi Fountain in, in, uh, in Italy. In you know, the, mm -hmm. the song, three coins in a fountain. In a fountain. Yes. <laughs> I know that song. Oh, I had to learn it when I was in, in grade school choir. <laughs> we had to do it every year. It. Anyhow. <laughs> so anyway, so case like well, Fountain River, whatever, and you know what? I say the same thing. When I was in uh, Paris, I threw uh, coins into a fountain. When I was in Florence at the uh, Pitti Palais, I had there was a uh, at the entrance of the Bubbly Gardens there was a fountain, and I threw coins in there. <laughs> when I was in London, I threw coins in the Thames. So I love it. Hopefully, I'll get back to any of those places again someday. That's one yes. of the reasons why I did it. <laughs> Anyhow, so she's, uh, you know, they're, they're doing, talking about that. And I mean, Kate even just missed a barge that was going underneath the river or underneath the bridge. <laughs> and uh, she, she said, I, I, you know, she's pretty confident that the river will do something, the river guides will do something for her. If not, the river owes her her money back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. So as she's talking about this, all of a sudden her phone rings, her, and uh, on the f there's there's a special phone call for her. And don't you just love that? I just thought that was the best thing because they just did the coin the coins toss, and Acacia is like, yeah, yeah, whatever, Kate. You know, you go with you go with that. Uh, that uh, tradition and uh, don't you know she picks up the phone and says hello the voice on the other end greeted her and asked to speak with Acacia Santos and Acacia said okay um, this you know this is this is Acacia and the voice identified herself as Madame Bishop of KLH she said she represented a few companies that were looking to bring in someone with concierge experience and would she be interested? So I can only imagine when Acacia heard these words that sh her face must have just been one of complete surprise and joy because <laughs> literally the coin hit the water and she gets this phone call. I Can you imagine? And um, by the way, Betty says three coins in the fountain reminds her of Gabriel's Sultan's tent and special <laughs> dinner with Julia. I love it. I love it. Um, yes, I could imagine. Um, I think it's so great that um, 
sometimes things are very serendipitous mm -hmm. and this is one of those times and Akasi's like yes of course I'm interested but she wanted to know how she got her number and she explained that they are an executive search firm with contacts in the hospitality industry and she asked if um, Acacia was still at the Vitois. And Acacia said, yes, of course. And she asked if she'd be interested in interviewing uh, with KLH. Um, and she was very clear this was not an offer of employment at this point, but if the interview was successful, they would like to match her with a client company. And she said she has great benefits and remuneration. Um, and Madame Bishop went on to say their client list is French as well as international companies. So it sounded to Acacia just like the perfect gig. Doesn't it? And she was trying to contain her excitement when Madame asked if she'd be available to interview on Friday at 2 p.m. And uh, yes, I mean, Acacia could barely contain her excitement and she had some hope she finally had some hope after these times of trying to track down and have any kind of interview and have after being shut down several times this now is like a shining light mm -hmm. and I see Karen said she loves the tradition of the coins they got her back to Italy and two times and she's hoping for a third I'm hoping for a third for you too KK um, it would be so great and mm -hmm. Lorraine said she knew Nicholas was behind this <laughs> I've had my suspicions yeah. too I have to say when I was read the first read through I thought I think because Akaki was so hesitant to accept his um his gratuity and to accept any type of thanks that he was offering her. I had a feeling this was another way he was reaching out to her. Yeah. So I plus so I think he was incredibly impressed with her and the fact she spoke all the languages and had such poise and, and knowledge, I think was very, um, it spoke to him. Mm -hmm. So, um, the call continued and Acacia told her that it'd be wonderful and she would forward her curriculum vitae and a cover letter and uh, she asked where they were located and Madame said they're in the financial district of La Defense and just let reception know that she has an interview um, and they would show her up and she also has you know, they exchanged email addresses so she could send the information for the interview. Yeah, now, I would need to write that down or could have it texted to me because there is no way <laughs> I would remember five seconds after I got off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it depends on how easy or difficult the uh, address true. is. That's true. I, I now I what I'll do nowadays is I will type it into my phone so she might she might have been able to do that but she also has a good memory um, from her training so and Lorraine's uh, not the only one who's agreeing about Nicholas being behind it uh, Betty was saying 
she agreed with Lorraine and she mm-hmm. thought there was no other logical explanation. KK said she agrees. It was an olive branch to make sure that she would be okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> Betty said she's uh, she agrees or she Googled the area. <laughs> and, um, you know, when they exchanged that information, um, Akasi was very, very excited. And uh, the... Madame Bishop wanted her to suggest um, and suggested she looked at the website and become familiar with their company and, you know, send everything uh, her way and prepare for the interview on Friday. So when Akasi ends the call, she actually has a physical reaction. Her heart's beating quickly. She's smiling. She's so excited. And, um, she didn't want to get her hopes up too much, but I think she already did um, just from talking on the phone. And she said a job in the corporate world would be different from one in hospitality, but it was too good of an opportunity to turn down. So she really was excited about this. And she dug into her pockets and got a handful of coins and crossed over to where Kate stood and threw them into the river. <laughs> and I love I can I can just see the scene right Kate uh-huh. says as she watched the euros going down into the river what are you doing and um, she said she's throwing her thanks to the river gods and she thinks her luck has changed so end of chapter so. 12 yes very exciting I, I hope so too. It was Betty a good says, I thought it was a great. I really, like I said, I coming into this, I really loved and enjoyed the camaraderie, um, the friendship between them. Um, you know, and it reminds you of, at least it reminded me of friends that I have. Um, you can always go to them if you're feeling down or if you're challenged or if you want to share something exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and this also made me think back to being just out of school and getting started. You know, just it was a really great demonstration of the friendship and the relationship between Kate and Acacia. Yeah. And yeah. yes, Betty, her reaction was adorable. I agree. So, I definitely yeah, agree. I definitely agree. It was a great, great chapter. And I and I I, I I'm glad to see Acacia have something good happening. And he, you yeah. know, he, reading that she's smiling, and I mean, that's what, that always makes for a good thing. Yes, and she deserved it. I mean, she's she had a really rough couple of days mm-hmm. with that's all with everything, and from I, being I can, in fear. And I can imagine the then, last two weeks of work, you know, just the working the nights and the 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 tension and pressure you're sitting there working with too. I mean, that's. Doesn't make make your job go any better or faster or no matter how much you want to say thank you. I mean, or you know, it's my job. I got to do it. It just the there's like this visceral reaction where it could be really tough on them. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. So, so yeah, it's yeah. Um, it's a good one. And then yeah. you know, this leading into chapter thirteen, this gives you hope, and it also makes you wonder what's next. Yes. Yes. You it know, does. it's very exciting. 
And as Betty says, she's been through a lot and she needed good news. And I think we were all rooting for her to get some good news. Yes, definitely were. You know, she's uh, she deserved it. She deserves good news. Yes, she does. So. So. And speaking of good news, um, now that we're at the end of the chapter, um, we actually have um, some affirmations to share today. I saw on Twitter, I actually put one out this morning because in the midst of my writing, um, my mother was going to visit a friend who lives down the street from me. And so I walked with her to go to her friends and I took this picture of, it was just, I just thought it was such a beautiful spring day and being able to be walking with my mother down the street I just felt so joyful and thankful for that so I said I'm thankful for walking with my mother on a beautiful spring day Um, and every day is a gift that you have with loved ones and I'm very appreciative of that so and I'm also appreciative of the beautiful weather we're having in the northeast right now after having uh, snow and ice and yeah, we went well, from winter to summer. <laughs> right, right. And hopefully it will at least moderate out. Yes. Um, but we also had another uh, affirmation that came in a couple hours ago. Mm-hmm. And that's from MJ, who I know right now is going through a difficult, uh, challenging time mm-hmm. um, because she has to take her son in. Um, and she said, I'm grateful for friends who lift me up when I fall down and who remind me of beauty and oh, I just beauty. hold on I got it beauty of you got love it and friendship yep she's remind me of beauty of love and friendship. and friendship yes yes so yeah so, so let's keep uh MJ in our prayers and also Jay she's, uh, absolutely. she's got a little bit of a health issue right now so she's uh hopefully oh, we'll good. get some good news on that I'm hopeful. We will definitely keep you in our thoughts and prayers. So, so that is what we have for this week. Um, and next week. Yes. We have chapter 13. Chapter 13, which is going to be very exciting. Yeah. And uh, you may be doing it from a remote location again. Yes, but hopefully it'll be better than this remote location. <laughs> Although it's not bad, but I am going to try and take a picture because now now that it's after five, I'm sitting in the parking lot of a Wendy's for those of you who joined us late on the Carlisle Pike in Harrisburg because I had a meeting that I was just a little too far from my house and I was afraid I'd get caught in traffic. So now I'm sitting here. And I'm actually parked in because there's a line of cars waiting for the drive through <laughs> And I am in the shade, but I have my windows up and the car off. And it is like 85 degrees today. So yeah, it's a little warm <laughs> for that. It's a little warm. Um, thank you, Betty. Thank you for saying it's a great show. Um, so, yes, next week it will probably be from near... Your old stamp stomping grounds, Pam. I'm not sure when we'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Betty. Actually, 
I got um, French fries before the podcast started. I, I and I grabbed a drink because well, that's always good. Um, yeah, and I'm actually really grateful I grabbed the drink because I didn't think it was going to be quite this hot in the car since I was sitting in the shade. So I would have been in bad shape without it. Get an ice cream. I should. I should get a frosty. Yes, but I, love I the probably frosties. won't. I do love the frosties too. Um, so I'll probably be in. Uh, Somewhere around Newark, New Jersey, um, or outside of the city, mm-hmm. um, because we are flying out early Thursday morning, and so I'm either going to be there or I'll be in Harrisburg, and then we'll leave Harrisburg to go. So that either way, good. Either way, so that'll be we'll good. Make, we'll make the podcast happen next week. And then, um, just to forewarn, we will take be taking a little bit of a break while. Leslie's in Greece, uh, where she's staying. Their Wi-Fi is is it's spotty. Great. Spotty. I'm I was trying to so. figure out. I, I had this grand vision of being able to broadcast from Greece, but I I think it's going to be a little bit challenging. If there's a way I can make it happen, I'll let Pam. I'll get a word to Pam. But probably we'll take we'll take the time off and reconvene back uh, when I get back. Yeah, and then I can put my laptop into Apple to have the battery changed because it just got recalled. <laughs> uh, well, actually, see, it all works out. It all works out. Thanks. So, and thank you anyway for your well wishes and safe travels. And bye, Karen. See you, uh, Karen. Karen thanks for joining us. So I'm going to leave you with a uh, a little "Once I Loved" by Astrid Gilberto, and. Uh, mm-hmm. That'll be a, a, a nice closing out. Have a good week, everyone. Love is the saddest thing when it goes away.